I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hear so many people who have lived with a covert narcissist describe this person as a victim of everything. The eternal victim that can make everything be an attack on them. One way or another, they got slighted. They got hurt. They got something. Covert narcissists love to play the victim role. They see themselves as this eternal victim. They will deny this, of course. And if you try to talk to them about it, then they'll often react with the sullenness and despair that goes along with covert narcissism, you know, because your words are hurting them so much. And it takes them, of course, right back into that victim role. And, um, you know, you can't say to them, you know, hey, this is exactly what I'm talking about, because then you're just going to loop and loop. And you guys already know all the circular conversations. Well, it isn't always clear as to whether they actually truly see themselves as a victim or, you know, are they just manipulating the situation to feed their intense need for attention? Do they really think that they're being slighted or are, is that just their, their defenses kicking in or their survival skills kicking in because they have to have that uh, attention that feeds their ego? It's not always actually clear. But regardless, the victim mentality fills many of the needs of a covert narcissist. It goes hand in hand with so many of the characteristics of narcissism. And that's what I want to explore today. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's dive into some of these characteristics that the victim mentality feeds. So covert narcissists feel entitled. They're entitled to other people's sympathy, attention, compassion, pretty much anything. And their twisted version of reality, you know, always allows them then to, to twist everything to justify their own negative thinking, like, like to turn every situation into an attack at themselves. Their ability to twist reality, and not only their ability, but the fact that they do it almost like in autopilot. They do it all the time. And so they can twist anything into being an attack on themselves. And I mean anything. You know, they believe that they are worthy of this special treatment and recognition just because of who they are. That's that entitlement. It has nothing to do with any effort they did or did not put in. More often did not. They simply believe that they deserve it just because. And then when they don't receive it, that's when the victim mentality kicks in. So they believe that they deserve all this wonderful attention, but life is not going to give them that. You know, you as their partner, if you're in a spousal situation, you as their partner, you can't possibly give them enough attention to feed this intense, uh, continuous, constant craving for attention. And so, yes, they are going to feel like they didn't get enough and they become a victim. I'll give you an example. You know, you can spend 
an evening at a friend's birthday party. Let's say you've got a mutual friend and you go to this wonderful celebration of this friend's birthday and, and you have a great time there. You know, spend the evening, everybody's happy and people are dancing and there's food and everybody's having a really good time. And maybe this is a friend who actually engages socially with the world around them. They invest in the lives of other people. And so for their birthday, these appreciative people who have been, you know, the recipient of the investment from this person, they throw a party for this generous and caring person. And if you've ever been to one of those kind of parties, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, and because everybody there truly cares for this birthday person. Well, you go to the party with your covert narcissistic partner. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I'm going to tell you what, it definitely is an interesting evening. The partner, the covert narcissist, they're disengaged from life on a regular basis. They're often sulking at how little they get and how little attention anyone gives them. And they keep to themselves. And, and at times they can even, like at social events, they can even seem invisible. But they're typically mad because nobody's giving them any attention. They don't engage in the lives of other people and they spend no time caring for the needs of others. However, they come home from this party feeling slighted. They feel like the victim here. Why don't I ever get that kind of a party? You know, my friends don't throw me that kind of a party. I don't get gifts and, and a cake. Why, why not? Why don't they ever do that for me? Other people get all the attention. Well, I don't get any. And they sulk and they feel sorry for themselves and they make your life miserable along the way. They don't see that this person engages in the lives of other people. This person is getting paybacks for all the care they've given to their world. And now one day, all those people that have been the recipients of that care want to give it back. But the covert narcissists, they don't see that. They just see, well, they get all the attention. They get all the special treatment. Another characteristic of covert narcissism that kind of goes hand in hand with this is the grandiosity, that exaggerated sense of self-importance. You know, admiration to be told how wonderful they really are. And, and when they don't get it, the world clearly undervalues them because, you know, they have this grandiose self-image. And, and when the world doesn't give them all this attention, then they're clearly being undervalued, which feeds that victim mentality. It's an inflated sense of self that they deserve everyone's attention or sympathy or whatever it is they want. And I'll give you an example here. One evening, my parents were in town visiting. And we were sitting at the kitchen table playing cards. We played cards a lot in my family. And it was my parents, my two boys, and myself. And we we're sitting playing cards. My husband had been at work. And he decided on the way home from work to stop at the store. I didn't know he was doing this. And that's fine. But he stopped at the store on the way home. Well, when he came in the house, we all greeted him. You know, the garage door's right there. So we all kind of took a minute and greeted him. Well, he majestically carries this box of flavored hot chocolates. And he makes this whole, you know, show of placing it in the center of the table where we're playing our game in the middle of everything and announced, look what I got for you all. And he stood there like royalty, expecting that we would just, you know, bow at his feet for this great, wonderful gesture that he's done. Well, we responded with typical responses of, oh, that looks good. And, oh, vanilla hot chocolate or, or you know, we, we responded and thanks, you know, we'll have some later tonight. But it was a typical response. We were appreciative. After a couple of minutes, I moved the box to the counter beside us and we continued on our game. Well, if you've been with a covert narcissist, you know what's coming. My husband storms upstairs, goes into the bedroom and 
aggressively closes the door. I'm not going to say he slammed it, but he definitely closed it pretty forcefully. Like so many times before, I knew he was unhappy. I knew all the signs. And this was before most of my family had actually caught on to what was happening. And it was before I really understood. But I knew he was upset. That part, I knew. So after our game finished, he still had not come downstairs. And so I went up to check on him. Well, he was lying on the bed, visibly upset. And, and this is where visibly upset for him went. It means he's laying there staring at a blank wall or at a ceiling, kind of lost in thought. This, this, you know, the show of being just kind of lost in his thoughts of how much the world, how bad the world is and all of this. And he's, he's laying there like this. And so I casually ask, hey, you good? And he responded, no, actually, I'm not. Okay, so what's wrong? I can't believe you all don't appreciate all the things that I do for you. Well, here it came. The victim role. What do you mean? I said. Well, none of you cared that I went out of my way to buy hot chocolate for everyone and bring home that special treat for you guys. And I answered him, we said thank you. We plan to have some tonight. What exactly do you want? Well, anytime I asked what is it you want, I never could get a clear answer there. I don't know, but no one cares. You guys just, you didn't really care and you didn't really appreciate it. But he never was able to verbalize what exactly is you want. And on and on we went. And you know the circular conversation that follows until I finally just choose to leave the room. You know, if you end these circular conversations, you have to take charge of when you've had enough and leave. But, I mean, what does he want? You know, a huge overreaction. Oh, my gosh, baby, you are amazing. I don't know how I got so lucky. You're just the most wonderful person ever. And I could talk to him that way. Now, that's not me. Okay, that's not who I am, but I could talk to him that way and it still wouldn't be enough. It's still, you know, because he bought a box of hot chocolate. Come on. This is not who I am. That type of praise is certainly not who I am. And we had been married for over 10 years at this point. So he knows that he knows who I am and who I'm not. At least I sure thought he would by this point. Not only, you know, is that not my style, but I'm going to tell you it's not his either. At least I didn't think it was. We've talked about it over the years that, you know, neither one of us like that kind of praise. He makes fun of people who give that kind of praise. But over time, I really began to wonder. I do think that's what he wanted. You know, another trait that uh, is so common with, co with covert narcissists that feeds that victim mentality is jealousy. They are so jealous of any attention that is given to someone else. You know, the birthday party. So jealous that they got a birthday party. Why can't you just be happy that they got a birthday party? Be appreciative, be caring towards that person, but they can't do that. You know, instead, all they see is the wonderful attention that they should be getting. All they see is, you know, any type of rewards or sympathy and compassion, anything someone else gets, they feel entitled to. And so they are jealous. All of this kind of goes hand in hand, creating this, this mentality that is covert narcissism. They should be the center of attention all the time. Now, whether that's the attention of a crowd, a huge crowd, um, or even a medium-sized crowd, that's more the style of an overt narcissist. But, but it might be the attention of just one selected person. They might want all of your attention. That's more the style of a covert narcissist. But regardless of which style plays out, they make everything about themselves over and over. I had a friend who... 
uh, was is definitely holds a lot of traits of covert narcissism. And this particular friend, this was not my spouse, it's someone else I'm talking about. And when I was talking with him, you know, we, we had a mutual friend that um, this mutual friend was going through some very significant heart issues. And I mean, her life was at risk. There definitely things were getting scary and, and the issues that she was dealing with were getting intense. And, and I was talking to my other friend, this one that, that I'm going to refer to as a, you know, a covert narcissistic friend. And I was talking to, to him about our other friend, our mutual friend. And when I told him about, uh, you know, well, this is what's going on and, and things are scary. I'm getting a little concerned for her. His exact words to me were, well, welcome to my world what? Welcome to your world? He turned the entire thing around and made the entire conversation about him. And I'm going to say right now, I recognize this happens both with male and female. I've said that before on here. There are male covert narcissists and there are female covert narcissists. So this particular situation, this was a guy I was talking to. He had had open surgery, open heart surgery several years earlier. Yes. And it was a scary ordeal. Yes. And we gave him the attention and the care and, and we helped to take care of him. We brought food. We did all the things as a friend group that we would do for this person. But now his health was doing quite well. But instead of a comment like, wow, I'm really sorry to hear that. I didn't know this was going on. Is she okay? You know, what can we do to help her? Instead of allowing the focus to be on her for just the time in life that it needed to be, he could not do that. Instead, it was, well, welcome to my world. And, and then he went on to tell me all about his health issues, which I already knew all about. We had been there through all of that together, but he kept the entire conversation on him. Again, these are traits of covert narcissism, and it feeds that victim mentality that they carry. Another trait is, is that it boosts their facade of insecurity, that poor is me mentality. Now, insecurity. Are they actually insecure or are they not? You know, I get asked this a lot and, and some people will tell me, you know, they carry all these traits of covert narcissism. One of the traits is insecurity, but I don't think they're actually insecure. They come across as being very secure in who they are. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't understand. And I want to talk about that a little bit here. They may actually not be insecure, but they certainly know how to play that card. You know how much I struggle, you know, with, with my insecurity. So why are you being so mean to me? Any of you ever heard that? I can't believe you would talk to me this way when you know how much I struggle and what I deal with. And, you know, maybe all you're saying even is that you don't think the shirt matches those pants. And, and that's when all of a sudden their insecurity or their, their victim mentality, sorry, their victim mentality kicks in. And so it can be something that simple becomes an attack at their security. Yet, are they actually insecure? And I and like I said, I get asked this a lot. Well, just like everyone else in the world, a covert narcissist may or may not struggle with insecurity at different phases in their life. You know, we all kind of can go through that different phases of our life. So whether your abuser does or doesn't, you know, deal with insecurity, I want to look at the angle a little bit differently here. Because there is one common trait that covert narcissists have that does affect this. They base their self-esteem on false and empty beliefs. I'm going to say that again. They base their self-esteem on false 
and empty beliefs. And, and it's exactly what I've been describing. They, they base those, you know, their self-esteem on the attention that they think they deserve. This grandiose sense of self that they, they build up in their mind. And they feel like they're superior, but they don't have anything to back it. They don't need anything to back it. Like it doesn't have anything to do with what they do or don't do in life. They're just superior to everyone else. And they deserve all of this praise and admiration and attention and all of this. And that's what they base their self-esteem on. Their self-esteem is not actually based on facts. It's rather it's based on myths and, and it's often based on external factors. When they get praise, their self-esteem rises. But when they get the slightest hint of criticism, their self-esteem plummets. And I'm going to go so far as to say when they even get just normal indifference, like we all do in life, just normal indifference. I, I'm not being mean. I'm not being happy. I'm not being, I'm not praising you, but I'm not criticizing you. I'm just talking to you with normal indifference. Their self-esteem can't even handle that. So it isn't necessarily that they are insecure, but they are certainly fragile. When your self-esteem is based on false beliefs, it is so incredibly vulnerable. And it changes based on outside factors. When others give well-deserved attention to someone else, the covert narcissist feels threatened. You know, it's, it's almost like they believe there's only so much attention to go around in the world. And so they are sure to be gypped. They are sure to not get their fair share. Well, their fair share that they believe is such an excessive amount that, yeah, they're going to get gypped because it's not possible to feed that much attention to one person. So why is this victim role so devastating in the relationship with a covert narcissist? This is the last piece I want to touch on today. Last week, I did an episode titled How My Codependent Tendencies Led Me Straight to a Covert Narcissist. And if you missed it, please go back and listen to it because it ties in exactly with what I'm saying here. This victim role is so incredibly damaging when you, as a kind, caring, and compassionate person, have a burning desire to help others to treat others with respect, to care for others, to build others up. When that is a driving factor in your life, this victim role is devastating. Where a narcissistic person has no ability to see how their behavior impacts others. A person with these codependent tendencies overvalues their impact, the impact of their behaviors on others. Let me say that again. A narcissistic person cannot see how their behavior impacts others. They don't see it. They, they, they don't even, like it just doesn't even exist to them. But a person with codependent tendencies, they overvalue the impact that their behavior has on other people. They overweigh it. They, they, they weigh it so heavily of their impact. So they will overanalyze everything, wondering, did I hurt them when I said it this way or that way? You know, I, I should make everything right with them. I need to apologize for any role I played in this. And we often go too far in believing that their pain is our fault. I assure you that a covert narcissistic person is not going to correct this fault in you. And the fault being of, of overvaluing the impact you have on this other person. You are only, you, you know, the impact you have on another person only goes so far. And when they are going to play that eternal victim role and you overvalue, you know, your role in their life, then you believe you are now responsible for all the pain and suffering that they are going through. And I'm telling you, that has nothing to do with you. 
that has everything to do with the pain that they have suffered in their past and this false image that they have built and all these defensive skills, defensive mechanisms and survival skills that they have put in place to protect that false image. The covert narcissistic person is not going to correct this belief in you. Instead, they will absolutely soak up all the attention, all your energy that is invested into making things right. They will sit back and let you do every ounce of the work and they won't think a thing of it. And all you will manage to do is absolutely wear yourself out. You will reach a level of exhaustion that is bone dry, painful, and devastating. Before I close off here, I want to invite each one of you to join us on Patreon. This is a central platform for all of the work that I am doing, bringing everything together to one location. I give semi-weekly writings that are specific to covert narcissism and how to take control of your life once again. I actually have an offer there that is specific for covert narcissism, but I also have one that's for parenting with a covert narcissist. So both of those are there, or you could take advantage of a joint package and, and get both of them. Now, what is this offer? How much money are we really talking about? It's the price of one cup of coffee. That's it. It's really hardly nothing at all. But these little bits add up so much to help cover the cost of our cause, of spreading the word to our world. The more people we can reach, the more fuel we can take away from the narcissist in our world. And maybe, just maybe, together we can stop its spread. If you are able to join our mission, do it now. Don't delay. Because beginning on March 1st, the cost to join is going up slightly. But if you join before March 1st, your rate will never change for as long as you choose to be a member. You can stop at any point. And I thank you to everyone who's already joined our team. Every little bit helps to kind of just take the burden off of those of us who are financially supporting this cause. If you are unable to join, I completely understand there is no pressure. I'm just asking for help from those who are able to help so that we can continue this mission and take it even further. And again, that's on Patreon. It's www patreon.com forward slash covert narcissism. If you have any questions, reach out to me anytime. My email is renee, R-E-N-E-E -E, at covertnarcissism.com. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.